Listener Production. As you've probably noticed, it's been pretty wet over the last few years. This is thanks to a weather phenomenon called La Nina. About three weeks ago, the Bureau of Meteorology, or BOM, finally declared that La Nina was over. But it's not all good news. The BOM has warned that La Nina's hotter, drier cousin, El Nino, might be hitting Australia very soon. I'm Ellen Fidian, science journalist with Cosmos magazine, and today I'm wondering, what do La Nina and El Nino mean for Australia, and how do scientists even know that it's happening? Nearly 400 years ago, Peruvian fishermen noticed that some years, around about December, fish would be unusually easy to catch. The good fishing always came at the same time as certain ocean currents and weather patterns off the coast of South America, which made the fish clump together and easy to net in groups. They called years when this happened El Nino de Navidad, meaning the Christmas boy. The theory was that baby Jesus had given them a Christmas treat of good fishing. This got shortened to El Nino, Spanish for little boy. Well, we know now that it's not Christmas or babies of any description that caused this. It's the atmosphere and the Pacific Ocean. But it's still called El Nino, and it's responsible for way more than just Peruvian ceviche. El Nino and its counterpart La Nina, which means little girl, are weather patterns that dictate heat waves, droughts, fires, floods, and cyclones all over the Pacific Ocean from Tasmania all the way to Canada. What is El Nino and La Nina anyway? Picture the Pacific Ocean. Down the eastern side, to the right, if that helps, you can see the Americas. Over on the western side, to the left, you've got Asia, and jutting out a bit at the bottom left, Australia and New Zealand. There's normally a large body of warm water in the western Pacific, just up from Australia, often the warmest ocean in the world. Over on the eastern side of the Pacific, the water is usually a bit cooler. This is because of the way the Earth rotates, causing winds called trade winds to blow warm air and water to the west and leave the eastern side to suck in cool air from the north and south poles. Because warm water evaporates best, the western Pacific evaporates a lot of water and makes a lot of rain clouds. Sometimes the trade winds get more intense and this temperature difference gets even more extreme. That means there's more warm, damp air over eastern Australia, leading to more rain, floods and cyclones. Over in the Americas, it's drier than usual. This is what's called a La Nina year. Other times, the trade winds break down and the warm water in the west ends up in the East Pacific instead. Then you have warm water making it rain over the Americas and cold water making it dry in eastern Australia. That's what's called El Nino, and it brings more droughts, heat waves, and bushfires to eastern Australia. Both El Nino and La Nina are natural phenomena. Some years you have a neutral Pacific cycle, some years the cycle intensifies and you get La Nina, and some years it reverses and you get El Nino. Generally, both El Nino and La Nina appear over winter and spring and dissipate back to neutral by the next autumn. But they can persist. In 2022, La Nina hung around until June, leading to record-breaking rains and yet more floods. You'll sometimes hear this phenomenon called ENSO. That's E-N-S-O for El Nino Southern Oscillation. How do we know when it's happening? Meteorologists look at sea surface temperatures to see what the Pacific is up to. They use satellite data and some buoys floating in the ocean to monitor temperature in certain telltale regions. If the spots near Australia are warmer than normal, La Nina and if they're cooler than normal, El Nino. 
That's also how they get the strength of the El Nino or La Nina event. The more extreme the temperatures, the stronger the event. To figure out what's going to happen in a few months, they feed all of this temperature data into computer models. The BOM uses seven different modeling systems to make its La Nina predictions, one of which they developed themselves. They've just announced the end of a third La Nina in a row. We're officially back in neutral territory. For those who've been affected by floods, this is pretty good news. What's going to happen now La Nina is over? The BOM has issued a watch for El Nino. This means there's about a 50% chance that an El Nino will happen later this year. It might also be a neutral year, but another La Nina is pretty unlikely. So we're probably not going to have another cool, wet summer like the last three in southern Australia. It might be very dry and hot. And because there's been so much water making plants grow, there's more bushfire fuel available. So it could be a very fiery summer. The 2019-2020 Black Summer was an El Nino year. How sure can we be about that? Right now, not very. Autumn is the hardest time for weather modelers because there's a lot of unpredictable things going on. You've got big, warm chunks of air that have been heating all summer, running into cold and windy systems that move erratically and quickly. So the certainty is lowest in autumn. By late winter, things will have settled into more of a pattern, and we can expect a final verdict in spring. It follows a similar timing to the footy season. Right now, a footy buff would be able to make some good guesses about who's going to play finals and who might end up near the bottom of the ladder this year. But they could easily be wrong. By the end of July, with most of the games won and lost, they'll be very confident, and they'll know the Premiership team for sure at the end of September. So, does Enso decide what our weather does? Nah. Enso is a big driver, but it's not the only thing that affects us here in Australia. In fact, in Western Australia, El Nino and La Nina have very little influence at all, and there are other big weather patterns that play a role across the whole continent. All of these patterns follow the same basic rules as ENSO. Air and water influence each other, and warm ocean water creates more humidity and rain. But because there's millions of other intricacies going on all around the Earth, these patterns each have their own quirks. Over in the Indian Ocean, on the other side of Australia, there's a thing called the Indian Ocean Dipole, which is kind of like a smaller ENSO. In what's called a negative phase Indian Ocean Dipole, there's warm water near northwest Australia and the whole country gets more rain. When it's in a positive phase, that warm water moves away from Australia and it gets drier. There's also a thing called the Southern Annular Mode, which is a belt of storms that whooshes around Antarctica. It also has a rainy phase and a dry phase, but they tend to last for a few weeks rather than months. Then there's the Madden-Julian Oscillation, which is a pulse of wet, stormy weather that trundles around the tropics every month or so. Climate change is generally making it hotter and drier in southern Australia and hotter and wetter in northern Australia. But it's hard to unpick exactly what it's going to do to ENSO or any of these other climate patterns. Some researchers think there's going to be fewer neutral years and more El Ninos and La Ninas. Other researchers think the opposite. Meteorologists have got a good guess about what next summer will look like, but it gets fuzzier after that. They know there will be more extreme weather, but they can't tell you what it's going to be like on a year-by-year basis. After all, I doubt you could tell me who was going to win the premiership in 2030. 
For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out The Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huh? Science Explained.